0: Section seventy-four of Enquire Within upon everything. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Charlie. Enquire Within upon everything by Robert Kemp Philp. Section seventy-four. Two four eight one inks. There are many receipts published for making ink. The following is as useful and economical a mode of producing good ink as any of them. 2482. Dr. Eure's Ink. For twelve gallons of ink, take twelve pounds of bruised galls, five pounds of gum, five pounds of green sulphate of iron, and twelve gallons of rain water. Boil the galls with nine gallons of the water for three hours. Adding fresh water to supply that lost in vapor. Let the decoction settle and draw off the clear liquor. Add it to the gum, previously dissolved in one and a half gallons of water. Dissolve the green vitriol separately in one and a half gallons of water and mix the whole. Two four eight three. Ink powder. Ink powder is formed of the dry ingredients for ink, powdered and mixed. Powdered galls, two pounds, powdered green vitriol, one pound, powdered gum, eight ounces. Two ounces of this mixture will make one pint of ink. Cost, galls, one shilling, four pence, per pound, green vitriol, one penny per pound, powdered gum, one shilling, five pennies per pound. 2484. Red writing ink. Best ground Brazil wood, four ounces, diluted acetic acid, one pint, alum, half an ounce. Boil the ingredients slowly in an enameled vessel for one hour, strain, and add an ounce of gum. 2485. Marking ink without preparation. There are several receipts for this ink, but the following is said to be one of the best of its kind. Dissolve separately one ounce of nitrate of silver and one and a half ounce of best-washing soda in distilled or rain water. Mix the solutions and collect and wash the precipitate in a filter. Whilst still moist, rub it up in a marble or wedgewood mortar with three drachms of tartaric acid. Add two ounces of distilled water. Mix six drachms of white sugar and ten drachms of powdered gum arabic half an ounce of arkil, and water to make up six ounces in measure. 2486A. Ink for zinc garden labels. Vertigris, one ounce. Sal Ammoniac, one ounce. Lamp Black, half an ounce. Water, half a pint. Mix in an earthenware mortar without using a metal spatula. Directions to be shaken before use, and used with a clean quill pen on bright zinc. Note. Another kind of ink for zinc is also used, made of chloride of platinum, five grains, dissolved in one ounce of distilled or rain water. But the first, which is much less expensive, answers perfectly, if used as directed, on clean bright zinc. 2486B. Manifold Writing. The demand for a rapid and simple method of multiplying letters, circulars, etc. has led in recent years to the invention of several ingenious processes. So few copies are obtainable by the ordinary reporter's system of sheets of tissue paper, or flimsy, interleaved with sheets of prepared black paper, that various kinds of graphs have been produced, by which upwards of a hundred, and in some cases many more copies, may be produced from one writing. The graph process usually consists of transferring a writing made in an aniline dye onto a gelatine surface, from which, by the application of successive sheets of paper subjected to a smoothing pressure by the hand, a number of copies may be obtained, and in a manner very similar to the ordinary lithographic process. All those which may be classified as gelatine transfer processes are, however, open to the objection that, after a certain number of copies, the colour grows very faint. Some other methods of manifold writing, such as the Edison, the tripograph, the Cyclostyle, etc., by which one thousand copies can be taken from one writing, do not possess this fault, being based on a principle of a fine stencil on prepared paper, and squeezing ink through the minute perforations onto a sheet of paper fixed underneath. The writing in these stencil systems, however, has a dotty and broken appearance displeasing to many eyes, the cyclostyle being perhaps least faulty in this respect. For those who would like to make a gelatin graph, we append the following recipe. Six parts by weight of pure glycerin, four parts by weight of water, two parts of barium sulfate, and one part of sugar mix them and let them soak for twenty-four hours then melt at a gentle heat stir until thoroughly mixed and pour the composition into a tray any chemist will supply an aniline dye for the ink every pea helps to fill the peck two four eight seven cements the term cement includes all those substances employed for the purpose of causing the adhesion of two or more bodies, whether originally separate or divided by an accidental fracture. As the various substances that may require cementing differ very much in texture, etc., a number of cements possessed of very different properties are required, because a cement that answers admirably under one set of circumstances may be perfectly useless in others. The general principles upon which the success or failure of cementing usually depends are, THE DIFFERENT PARTS OF A SOLID ARE HELD TOGETHER BY AN ATTRACTION BETWEEN THEIR SEVERAL PARTICLES, WHICH IS TERMED THE ATTRACTION OF COHESION. THIS ATTRACTION ACTS ONLY WHEN THE PARTICLES ARE IN THE CLOSEST POSSIBLE CONTACT. EVEN AIR MUST NOT BE BETWEEN THEM. IF, AFTER BREAKING ANY SUBSTANCE, WE COULD BRING THE PARTICLES INTO AS CLOSE A CONTACT AS BEFORE, AND PERFECTLY EXCLUDE THE AIR, THEY WOULD REUNITE AND BE AS STRONGLY CONNECTED AS EVER but in general this is impossible. Small particles of grit and dust get between them, the film of interposed air cannot be removed, and thus, however firmly we press the edges of a broken cup together, it remains cracked china still. The cohesion between the particles of the cement is very much less than the adhesion of the cement to other bodies, and if torn apart the connected joint gives way, not by the loosening of the adhesion, but by the layer of cement splitting down the centre. Hence the important rule that the less cement in a joint, the stronger it is. To unite broken substances with a thick cement is disadvantageous, the object being to bring the surfaces as closely together as possible. The general principles that ought always to be borne in mind having been mentioned, the manufacture and uses of some of the more useful cements may be described. Two four eight eight Mouth Glue the very useful preparation sold under this title is merely a thin cake of soluble glue, which, when moistened with the tongue, furnishes a ready means of uniting papers, etc. It is made by dissolving one pound of fine glue or gelatin in, in water, and adding half a pound of brown sugar, boiling the whole until it is sufficiently thick to become solid on cooling. It is then poured into moulds, or on a slab slightly greased, and cut into the required shape when cool see liquid glue number two four nine one economy is the household mint two four eight nine paste paste is usually made by rubbing up flour with cold water and boiling if a little alum is mixed before boiling it is much improved being less clammy Working more freely in the brush, and thinner, a less quantity is required, and it is therefore stronger. If required in large quantity, as for papering rooms, it may be made by mixing one quarter of flour, one quarter pound of alum, and a little warm water. When mixed, the requisite quantity of boiling water should be poured on whilst the mixture is being stirred. Paste is only adapted to cementing paper. When used, it should spread on one side of the paper, which should then be folded with the pasted side inwards, and allowed to remain a few minutes before being opened and used. This swells the paper, and permits its being more smoothly and securely attached. If kept for a few days, paste becomes mouldy, and after a short time putrid. This inconvenience may be obviated by the use of... 2490, Permanent Paste Permanent paste, made by adding to each half-pint of flour paste without alum 15 grains of corrosive sublimate, previously rubbed to a powder in mortar, the whole to be well mixed. This, if prevented from drying by being kept in a covered pot, remains good any length of time, and is therefore convenient, but unfortunately it is extremely poisonous, though its excessively nauseous taste would prevent its being swallowed accidentally. It possesses the great advantage of not being liable to the attacks of insects. 2491. Liquid Glue. The liquid glue of the shops is made by dissolving shellac in water, by boiling it along with borax, which possesses the peculiar property of causing the solution of the resinous lac, this preparation is convenient from its cheapness and freedom from smell, but it gives way if exposed to long-continued damp, which that made with naphtha resists. 2492. Common Glue. Of the use of common glue very little need be said. It should always be prepared in a glue-pot or double vessel, to prevent its being burned, which injures it very materially. The chief objection to the use of this contrivance is that it renders it impossible to heat the glue in the inner vessel to the boiling point. This, however, can be obviated by employing in the outer vessel some liquid which boils at a higher temperature than pure water, such as a saturated solution of salt, made by adding one-third as much salt as water. This boils at 224 degrees Fahrenheit, 12 degrees above the heat of boiling water, and enables the glue in the inner vessel to be heated to a much higher temperature than when pure water is employed. If a saturated solution of nitre is used, the temperature rises still higher. 2493. Diamond Cement. Soak it in glass in water till it is soft, then dissolve it in the smallest possible quantity of proof spirit by the aid of a gentle heat in two ounces of this mixture dissolve ten grains of ammoniacum and whilst still liquid add half a drachm of mastic dissolved in three drachms of rectified spirit stir well together and put into small bottles for sale directions for use liquefy the cement by plunging the bottle in hot water and use it directly the cement improves the oftener the bottle is thus warmed it resists the action of water and moisture perfectly. 2494. Rice-Flour Cement An excellent cement may be made from rice-flour, which is at present used for that purpose in China and Japan. It is only necessary to mix the rice-flour intimately with cold water and gently simmer it over a fire, when it readily forms a delicate and durable cement, not only answering all the purposes of common paste, but admirably adapted for joining together paper, cards, etc., in forming the various beautiful and tasteful ornaments which afford much employment and amusement to the ladies. When made of the consistence of plaster clay, models, busts, bas reliefs, etc., may be formed of it, and the articles, when dry, are susceptible of high polish, and are very durable. 2495. Using Egg. The white of an egg, well beaten with quicklime, and a small quantity of very old cheese, forms an excellent substitute for cement, when wanted in a hurry, either for broken china or old ornamental glassware. 2496. Cement for broken china, glass, etc. This cement, being nearly colourless, possesses advantages which liquid glue and other cements do not. Dissolve half an ounce of gum acacia in a wine-glass of boiling water. Add plaster of Paris sufficient to form a thick paste, and apply it with a brush to the parts required to be cemented together. At night nature is in mourning for the loss of the sun. 2497. Lime and Egg Cement. Lime and egg cement is frequently made by moistening the edges to be united with white of egg, dusting on some lime from a piece of muslin, and bringing the edges into contact. A much better mode is to slake some freshly burned lime with a small quantity of boiling water. This occasions it to fall into a very fine dry powder, if excessive water has not been added. The white of egg used should be intimately and thoroughly mixed by beating with an equal bulk of water and the slaked lime added to the mixture so as to form a thin paste which should be used speedily as it soon sets. This is a valuable cement, possessed of great strength and capable of withstanding boiling water. Cements made with lime and blood, scraped cheese or curd may be regarded as inferior varieties of it. 2498. White Lead as Cement Cracked vessels of earthenware and glass may often be usefully, though not ornamentally, repaired by white-lead spread on strips of calico, and secured with bands of twine. 2499. Marine Glue. In point of strength, all ordinary cements yield the palm to Geoffrey's patent marine glue, a compound of India rubber, shellac, and coal-tar naphtha. Small quantities can be purchased, at most of the tool warehouses, at cheaper rates than it can be made. The colour of this glue, however, prevents its being much used. 2500. Coaguline. An exceedingly strong, and at the same time a transparent and colourless cement, is made by Messrs. K. Brothers of Stockport and is sold by most fancy stationers and chemists under the name of coaguline. It is easily and quickly applied, and will be found extremely serviceable in repairing glass, china, and stone articles. It is inexpensive. 2501. Red Cement. Red cement, which is employed by instrument-makers for cementing glass to metals, and which is very cheap and exceedingly useful for a variety of purposes, is made by melting five parts of black rosin, one part of yellow wax, and then stirring in gradually one part of red ochre or Venetian red, in fine powder, and previously well dried. This cement requires to be melted before use, and it adheres better if the objects to which it is applied are warmed. 2502. A soft cement for corks. A soft cement, of a somewhat similar character to that just described, is useful for covering the corks of preserved fruit and other bottles. It is made by melting yellow wax with an equal quantity of resin or of common turpentine, not oil of turpentine, but the resin, using the latter for a very soft cement, and stirring in, as before, some dried Venetian red. 2503. Mastic Cement. This is employed for making a superior coating to inside walls, but must not be confounded with the resin mastic. It is made by mixing twenty parts of well-washed and sifted sharp sand with two parts of litharge and one of freshly burned and slaked quicklime in fine dry powder. This is made into a putty by mixing with linseed oil. It sets in a few hours, having the appearance of a light stone, and we mention it, as it may be frequently employed with advantage in repairing broken stonework, as steps, by filling up the missing parts. The employment of Roman cement, plaster, etc., for masonry work, hardly comes within the limits of domestic manipulation. 2504. Cement for Leather and Cloth An adhesive material for uniting the parts of boots and shoes and for the seams of articles of clothing may be made thus. Take one pound of gutta-percha, four ounces of india-rubber, two ounces of pitch, one ounce of shellac, two ounces of oil. The ingredients are to be melted together and used hot. Go to bed with the lamb and rise with the lark. 2505. birdlime. Take any quantity of linseed oil, say half a pint, and put it into an old pot or any vessel that will stand the fire without breaking. The vessel must not be more than one-third full. Put it on a slow fire, stir it occasionally until it thickens as much as required. This will be known by cooling the stick in water and trying it with the fingers. It is best to make it rather harder than for use. Then pour it into cold water. It can be brought back to the consistency required with a little Archangel tar. 2506. Anglo-Japanese Work. This is an elegant and easy domestic art. Take yellow withered leaves, dissolve gum, black paint, copal varnish, etc., any articles, such as an old tea-caddy, flower-pots, fire-screens, screens of all descriptions, work-boxes, etc., may be ornamented with these simple materials. Select perfect leaves, dry and press them between the leaves of books, rub the surface of the article to be ornamented with fine sandpaper, then give it a coat of fine black paint which should be procured, mixed at the colour shop. When dry, rub smooth with pumice-stone, and give two other coats. Dry. Arrange leaves in any manner and variety according to taste. Gum the leaves on the underside, and press them upon their places. Then dissolve some in a glass of hot water, and brush it over the work. Dry. Give three coats of copal varnish, allowing ample time for each coat to dry. Articles thus ornamented last for years, and are very pleasing. 2507. Ornamental Leatherwork. An excellent imitation of carved oak, suitable for frames, boxes, vases, and ornaments in endless variety, may be made of a description of leather called basil. The art consists in simply cutting out this material in imitation of natural objects, and in impressing upon it by simple tools, either with or without the aid of heat, such marks and characteristics as are necessary to the imitation. The rules given with regard to the imitation of leaves and flowers apply to ornamental leatherwork. Begin with a simple object, and proceed by degrees to those that are more complicated. Cut out an ivy or an oak leaf, and impress the veins upon it. Then arrange these in groups and affix them to frames or otherwise. The tools required are ivory or steel points of various sizes, punches, and tin shapes, such as are used for confectionery. The points may be made out of the handles of old toothbrushes. Before cutting out the leaves, the leather should be well soaked in water until it is quite pliable. When dry, it will retain the artistic shape. Leaves and stems are fastened together by means of liquid glue and varnished with any of the drying varnishes or with sealing-wax dissolved to a suitable consistency in spirits of wine. Wire, cork, gutta-percha, bits of stems of trees, etc. may severally be used to aid in the formation of groups of buds, flowers, seed-vessels, etc. 2508. Black Paper Patterns Mix some lamp-black with sweet oil. With a piece of flannel cover sheets of writing-paper with the mixture, Dab the paper dry with a bit of fine linen. When using, put the black side on another sheet of paper and fasten the corners together with small pins. Lay on the back of the black paper the pattern to be drawn, and go over it with the point of a steel drawing-pencil. The back will then leave the impression of the pattern on the undersheet, on which you may draw it with ink. 2509. Patterns on cloth or muslin. Patterns on cloth or muslin are drawn with a pen dipped in stone blue, a bit of sugar and a little water, wet to the consistence wanted. End of section 74 Reading by charley B.C., Canada